Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, golf headlines include Lexi versus the boys in Vegas and another back-to-back winner on tour, plus a jet-setting week ahead for the world's best and a big content announcement about our next trip, which is coming right around the corner. We're tuned into the Austin Gamblers, and we have a special guest joining the show this week, the CEO of the Gamblers. That's right, the owner of the team, JJ Gotch, getting us hyped up for the PBR Team Series Championship this weekend in Vegas. And it's a Thanksgiving menu reveal, fried burgers and donuts when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our good friends at Desert Fox Golf. It's that time of the year, Mike. A lot of events for 2024 being planned. If you're out there or you're part of a golf event or you are at a golf event that's going to be planned for 2024 and you think it needs great golf products at it, then you need to hit us up on Instagram and make sure that Desert Fox Golf products are there. Desert Fox Golf makes the phone caddy. They make everything else great for your cart, including, let's say, the cigar holder, the swing a tumbler, all sorts of different accessories for your bag, your cart, and your golf experience. And if you want them at your next tournament or event, be sure to hit us up at COL Podcast on Instagram. Just send us the event details. Let us know who's running the event, and we'll take care of the rest. If that event has Desert Fox Golf product at it, you will get a cash referral just for hooking us up with that connection. That's right. You out there, the golfer who's just going and playing and living your life, will get a cash referral for getting Desert Fox Golf products at your next event. Again, DM us on Instagram at COL Podcast with the event info. We'll take it from there. Thanks to our friends at Desert Fox Golf. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex they were at tpc summerlin in las vegas for the shriners children's open always a fun week there and uh, a lot of different things to look at that happened during the course of the week of course lexi thompson was in the field we'll talk about her in a moment but tom kim is now the a uh, two-time defending champion in Vegas and the youngest player since Tiger Woods to win three PGA Tour titles. Let the comparisons wow. begin to the GOAT. You, you just did that. You, we have a Tom Kim Tiger Woods comparison in the first what, minute or two here. That was pretty yeah. fast. Nice work getting that one in. How about Tom Kim with yeah, three quick wins? And then he got this second one, Mike, at the Shriners having just turned 21. He was 20 last year when he won in Vegas. They asked him how he's going to celebrate as a 21-year-old in Vegas, and he said he's going to get back to his Airbnb, and he's got this big piece of chocolate that he's been waiting to eat. Well, what a raucous celebration in Sin City for Tom Kim, huh? I mean, I do that with sweets. You can't eat it until (laughs) you accomplish something. Like, I'm going to eat this, but not until I finish cleaning the kitchen and doing my laundry. That that young boy (laughs) is so disciplined, so shout out to Tom Kim. He's, he's got the discipline of a young man right there and a, and a lion heart. He's a tough competitor and he's showing it now. Like you said, three wins. It, when you, it's as, as, as minimal as it sounds, when you get yourself in one of those little mini tiger categories for the start of your career, it, it means generally speaking, you're going to be on tour forever and, and you're going to be a lifer in some facet of the game. We don't know what his true level of success and what his plateau is for his career, but Undoubtedly, he's going to be winning a lot uh, on the PGA Tour with the game as consistent as as we've seen the last two years here in Vegas. 
Yeah, and he uh, followed up a hmm, mediocre start, let's say, with 268s. He had that 62 on Sunday to or Saturday to put himself at the top of the leaderboard and back in contention because it really didn't look like he was gonna gonna challenge that much for for the uh, for the championship there. Uh, and and it looked like for a while that you know the odds between who was gonna make the cut was it gonna be Lexi or was Tom Kim gonna win? It looked like either was gonna was gonna buy take it. It's funny you mentioned that last week, and bang, here we are, right? Yeah. And both of those were on watch. We were on the Tom Kim win watch, and we were on the Lexi Thompson cut watch, which I wasn't sure what we were going to get product and scoring-wise from Lexi. We had diatribe that she's been hitting the ball better in recent weeks, but putting has just been her absolute nemesis. It showed in a big moment at the Solheim Cup, and we were wondering what the putter was going to look like. It looked great for a majority of Thursday and Friday. And, and like she was legit flirting with the cut line for the entire 36 holes, ended up missing by a couple. But overall, I, w- I was taken aback and, and pretty impressed with her play. Yeah, I mean, she she didn't have a great start to the week with that 73 on Thursday, but a uh, strong 69 on Friday. Um, and really, that 73-2, we got to remember that 73 that she had in round one. I'm pulling it up to remind myself she had that double bogey six on the seventh which was not a great way to play your front nine. I mean, um, a tournament like that, a double bogey feels like an eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but was able to rebound and really kind of turn that game around on day two with that 69. So do we think we'll see Lexi in another PGA Tour event and making yeah, the Yeah, I think this was enough juice that another tournament will try it with their sponsor exemption. I don't know if we're going to see it this fall. There's maybe a few more contenders where that's still possible for some November events. Maybe the RSM in your neighborhood. I'm, I'm trying mm. to think of logistically a course that isn't going to be too long and demanding on her end. She was basically she hit a driver on a short par four, just like the pros yeah, she, were she at Summerlin. Right? Yeah. So the the distance really isn't an issue for her now that I actually say that. But it's just going to be coming down to making those last bird those last birdie and par bids late on Friday. That's what did her in. She had the hot streak to start Friday, but it's intriguing the idea of her playing future PGA Tour events. I think she did justify with her performance in one the opportunity to do it again. I'm not sure it's going to happen this season, though. We'll keep an eye on it for sure. And it was exciting just to see her out there uh, playing with the boys. The uh, LPGA was also in uh, Shanghai at the People's Republic of China for the Buick LPGA Shanghai, where Angel Yin took the W uh, over Lilia Vu. Finally. This was a little bit of a payback, too. If you remember, Lilia Vu won the Chevron here in Houston uh, in a playoff over Angel Yin. And Angel Yin returns the favor by beating Vu in a playoff of her own, finally getting that first win. She'd been on the precipice of winning a few times. Uh, definitely one of the more bright personalities and, and more entertaining personalities. One of the top mic'd up golfers, I'd say, on the LPGA Tour. Angel Yin's always fun to watch behind the scenes and on the course. She wears her emotions right on her sleeve. So it was very cool to see her get that win, get that monkey off her back. Definitely going to be the first of many. Uh, you know, she's right in that kind of group of younger American players that we could potentially see in future Solheim Cups as well, too. So shout out to uh, Angel Yen for getting it done over there. The LPGA will stay in Asia. They're in their little Asian swing right now. They're going okay. up to the uh, Republic of Korea for the BMW Ladies Championship um, at... Um, uh, Siwon Hills in Gyeonggi-do. Wow. I was wondering I if you're going to give that a go. I don't know if I said that right. Those, you know, it's it's very different sounds than we're used to doing in the States. 
we're trying. The the mm-hmm. LPGA is an international, culturally diverse, culture rich tour, and we're we're just we're trying to level with, with the world of golf out there. Uh, so we appreciate seeing the unique destinations in Asia this time of year for the LPGA, and then we're also kind of getting to that time of year where we're going to see some interesting night and midnight golf in Asia and Australia on the men's side of the game as well too. So kind of a little bit of a quirky time on the golf calendar, but uh, still some some fun tournament golf to be seen. Uh, this, uh, next weekend, it's not this weekend coming weekend, Alex, but the next weekend, we're actually going to be, uh, taking another trip together. Yeah, it's trip time. I couldn't get enough of you. So I had to plan something immediately to spend more time with you. That's what it was. That's, that's nice that you think that about me. I don't really, you know, that's BS, but uh, it's going to be really cool to see your place. I hadn't seen your place in Savannah. Get the lay of the land. Take me downtown. Show me the highlights. It'll be a fun weekend. And and the trip part is not just for me to see you, but it's in the name of some business and content as well. Uh, a very interesting one, Mike. You're kind of indoctrinated into this Georgia college football scene. You know, your wife works at a Georgia college. You've seen what the college football does in that part of the world. And Georgia, Florida is like a rivalry of its own that that you've seen a lot of in recent years as well, too. Yeah, I mean, we, we're more uh, in Georgia's southern territory here. Go Eagles. Um, than we are maybe UGA territory. But you certainly do see um, what happens when UGA uh, wins a national title multiple times. Yeah, back to back, going for the three-peat of their own, speaking of three-peats. So Georgia and Florida are on full display at this event that we're going to be going to. You will remember we interviewed Danny Werfel. That's right, the Florida Gator legend, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion. Check the archives for that interview, which aired, I believe, in late January or early February. That was a great conversation. And off that, we stayed in touch with Danny and his team. And we are going to be covering his beneficiary golf tournament for the Danny Werfel Foundation, the Desire Cup. It pits Florida and Georgia alumni against each other all in the same course. And it is that, Mike, the lovely TPC Sawgrass. So scratch mm. my back. If we're going to get the invite out to TPC Sawgrass, you best believe we're going to, we're going to be on the grounds for the tournament. Now, unfortunately, we're not in the stadium, of course. We're but not going to be okay. making swings on the 17th green. Okay. I know that's the next thought in everyone's head, but it's probably the second best thing because we're going to see the entire grounds up close. We'll give everyone kind of a lay of the land of the tour. We're going to be interviewing players out there. We're going to be doing content on the course. So we'll be flexing our content muscles and, and meeting some new people along the way. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward. You know, it's Florida. It's October. Yeah. It's Jacksonville. It's right by the water. Mm, it's TPC yes. Sawgrass. It's going to be beautiful quintessential golf event again it's the desire cup check out desirecup.com uh, their website as well too and everything that they're doing for the beneficiary charities looking forward to connecting with danny again you're going to see all of that next week on our instagram feed at col podcast and we'll have a video coming soon for the trip as well speaking of videos uh if you're not checking us out on youtube um why i guess maybe is the question uh we got some cool stuff going up there of course uh alex draining birdies is finally on video and it's part of his little illinois golf trip video that we got up there right now and uh then your time at the lpga event uh the other week is going to be up there as well yeah, it will be. Yeah, the Illinois golf video was fun. N- nice to get the the birdie on camera. Granted, it was a, a par three where I hit a hard wedge. It wasn't anything super special, hey, but you always got to revel in the moment. <laughs> yeah, birdies are great and they count. And if I get it on camera, it's worth you seeing. So check out the YouTube. And yeah, that's right. The next one up is going to be my visit to Dallas a couple weeks ago. I went to the Ascendant LPGA. 
got some really cool behind the scenes content and walked nine holes with Annie Park, who's been on the show before, talked with her and the caddy. We got a little mic'd up moment. So that's going to be a really cool video coming to the page as well, too. All right, let's look ahead to this weekend. It is the Zozo Championship. Uh, and Keegan Bradley is looking to repeat. Will we have two straight weeks of repeat champions? Mm, Keegan, yeah. I actually did a double take when you told me he was in the field this week because, yeah. I don't know, it, just, it seemed a little sudden, but then I realized he's defending, so it makes all the sense in the world. Um, but we'll be good to see him back. You know, I mean, I, you know, you just can't help think of the Ryder Cup snub uh, that, that he mm-hmm. had a couple weeks ago. And, I just feel like that team over in Italy maybe needed a little bit more firepower in the team room and just a little bit more Red Bull energy. And I think he he would have been the type of guy to deliver that. So I'm sure he's going to want to continue to showcase his game. You know the way his brain operates. He's like counting down the days to the next Ryder Cup team announcement. Uh, So we'll see if he comes out with a little extra motivation to defend the crown. I mean, you said you were surprised to see Keegan Bradley in this field, but we also have Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Sanjay M is out there. Sahith Thagala, now a PGA Tour winner, is nice, in the field. Nice. And major winner Hideki Matsuyama is out there as well. So this is a pretty good field going on. It is pretty good. Shout out Xander Morikawa uh, and Ricky off the unsuccessful Ryder Cup getting out there to play in the Zozo, a tournament that, remember, Tiger Woods one in, in recent years so mm-hmm. it's funny to think about that um little tiger buzz by the way as well too around the hero world challenge mike uh, on the website they left a one sponsor's exemption and they called it a tba sponsor's exemption i don't i don't think what's happening there is a, is what we all think it is but i, I like that they're playing along and, and keeping us along for the ride please why don't we just call it Tiger Spot? Let's just call it, it Tiger Spot. We all know it's Tiger it Spot. So we'll, we'll be on the watch for that, and we'll be watching the Zozo this week as well. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. It's uh, beautiful weather in Savannah, Alex. I hope it stays this way when you're here in, in a week and a half. Mm, yes. Uh, and in October, when it gets cool, that means it's festival season. That means there's a whole lot going on throughout the city. Um, we oh, got so I'm going to be there during festival season. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we, we got art fairs going on almost every weekend right now. Um, and uh, the week you're here actually would be the, the SCAD Savannah Film Festival. So that'll be happening. I don't think we're going to go see anything, but it'll be happening. We'll be there for the buzz. It's all all that counts. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, this past weekend, we went to a nice little art fair, Um, got ourselves some pottery, Uh, didn't buy any other fine art. We thought about it, but we we saved ourselves. And this weekend, we're going to another jazz and art festival that we'll check out and see uh, see if we can find anything good to to aren't you cultured on the walls here. Jazz and art festival. Nice. Mm It's nice. Good stuff. Festival season in Savannah. I look look forward to checking it out there when I when I visit next week. Uh, yeah, we're tuned in, tuned into a couple things. Let's get to the quick Easter egg and get our thoughts on that before we get into this week's surprise guests. Um, Mike, the launch of Fra- the Fraser reboot. I'm very excited about on Paramount Plus. I'm not going to check it out until they release all the episodes. But another Easter egg uh, mm-hmm. came down this past week. Jerry Seinfeld on stage in Boston hinted at something in the works with Larry David that could or could not be some sort of Seinfeld reunion. What what, what was your, what are your first thoughts when you, when you hear that headline come down? (sighs) Trepidation. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, You know, it was 
they're doing you know he said that the he, they were thinking of doing something because he knows that the the show ended on a poor note uh it's it's hard to end any show on a good yeah. note tell me they caught a lot good, of flack yeah. for that finale what was that yeah, 25 they, years ago now and it also and a lot of people didn't realize that you know that final conversation that jerry and george have in the prison about the uh the button on the shirt is the very first conversation they have in the pilot which is kind of hard to watch unless a hard to watch because you got to find it and be hard to watch because it's not very good yeah that was a full circle thing they did there kind of with the, with the beginning and the end. i mean that's i know people don't love the, the 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 actual jail results but the way the conversation ended the last episode and started the first one is a very unique way to go out and some fans may have seen that some may not but the bottom line here is yeah we're, we're both going into this a little nervous at the headline of a possible seinfeld reunion what i can tell you is i i'm confident that if Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David are the two men that are sitting down together and putting this together themselves without too many talking heads in the room, it's bound to be funny. That I am confident, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I do feel like Seinfeld humor is pretty timeless. I mean, I turned it on, actually, uh, after you sent me this headline, I was just looking for something to watch and turned it back on again. And I was somewhere in the middle of season five and season five is just gold it's gold jerry it's gold it had uh the rain jacket episode yes with uh also has uh, jerry and his girlfriend making out during schindler's list uh uh it had the bobka episode Classic uh like right episode. before that as well and um I'm trying to remember the close close talker is in there as well. The close talker episode. I mean, there's a lot of really good episodes in the heart of this show. Um, And I just don't want to ruin what already is a fantastic series. Or Seinfeld holics. There's no way around yeah. it. So it's it's just going to be interesting. We're going to go in nerve, cautiously optimistic, let's say, and, and hopefully. I, let me say this: I will watch surprised. it. I don't care what the reviews of the show is. If they bring it back, I am going to watch it. That's for damn sure. Love that. All right, there's the official address from us on the Seinfeld Easter egg. We'll be watching that news as well too. Let's get to part two of our tuned in uh, because it's all about the Austin Gamblers. They're in the yeah. PBR Team Championships. You remember, Mike? I went to the professional bull riding event. That YouTube video is out where I went inside the shark cage an unreal experience if you haven't been to a professional bull riding event and the austin texas home team is now they've won the regular season and they're leading the standings heading into the pbr championship finals which are this weekend mike they're going to be on cbs and the whole thing getting national coverage in vegas uh and so who better to have us on have on the show than to pump us up appropriately for the pbr finals than the owner himself that's right jj gotch here on the course of life yeah, this is uh, this is exciting because I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I don't think I have a team. I don't know if there's a team in Georgia. Actually, is there a team in Georgia? Because if not, I'm just I don't, I'm an Austin Gambler fan. There's not. No. Yeah, you're an honorary Gamblers fan as well. And I'm going to say that I think this is our first sports team owner on the show. Wait, mm. You think that's safe to say? You'd say I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. First We're moving owner up in the world joining the course of life here, and a special tuned in slash guest hybrid right here. Yep. And uh, we'll get to this conversation with JJ in just a second. But first, let's talk about uh, live take, because, uh, Alex, right now, it looks like my losing streak of about 20 uh, live takes that we've been doing on this, where we share our opinion to a titular question that we choose and we let the Internet decide who's right. My losing streak 
is likely going to continue in some way here. Oh, good. I was wondering. I, I got scared there thinking there was a comeback in store, but I'm glad to hear the streaks alive. Yeah, it's the Live Take app. You and I debate everything. We're now getting into some really sad debates, and we'll get to our football teams in a bit. Um, but if you know anything about that, you know it's fun to laugh at our uh, misery right now. Uh, if you're watching any NFL. So you can check out those debates, golf debates, and everything else in the world of sports. Again, like you mentioned, the Live Take app. Download today. Let your take be heard. Challenge us. Vote. Let your voice be heard as well. Next stop, Vegas, indeed, for the Austin Gamblers, who are back competing for the PBR team's title off of another regular season win. And we've got the CEO, J.J. Gosh, joining us here on The Course of Life. J.J., how you doing today? Good, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm fresh off my visit, and our audience got to hear all about me attending Gambler Days. It was the first PBR event I'd been to, but I had a lot of fun all weekend at the Moody Center. Uh, One of many winning weekends uh, for the team, the Gamblers, this season. Uh, I'm imagining the winning winning isn't getting old, is it? Are you you sick of winning yet this season? No, no, and and we needed every one that we got, quite honestly, so we you know, we, we had an amazing season. Um, we set the record for wins in a season with 19. We set the record for event wins in a season with four. And we needed every single one of them because it came down to the final weekend of the regular season. Uh, and, and we won the regular season by one game. We, uh, we had to win on the final day to win it all. So uh, definitely not sick of it at all. Um, in fact, would have loved to have one or two more in our back pocket. But uh yeah, really, and it was. It's been an amazing season. You know, our sophomore season with PBR and PBR Team Series, the Gamblers, um, to be able to be back-to-back regular season champions. It was a Vitor Leme back-to-back MVP, um, and then as you mentioned, a really successful uh, high-energy home event with Gambler Days in the Moody Center was was really probably the highlight of the year for us. We went three and zero that weekend in front of our home crowd. So. A lot of fun, uh, and I know that uh, I, I think yours is a big golfing demographic, and uh, uh, a couple of us actually went out at the golf course the next day after Gambler Days in celebration of the weekend, so a lot of fun this year. I saw that. Where did you guys get to play? So we were able, we've got a really good relationship and partnership with Driftwood Golf and Ranch Club. Nice. Uh, you know, which is about 20 minutes southwest of town, uh, so I took one of our riders, Austin Richardson, down there, and, and uh got to play with the head pro Tim Phelps and just really enjoyed a day kind of to ourselves and got away from bull riding and just really enjoyed that experience. And it's uh driftwood's just an amazing place. Definitely. That's a really cool course I need to get out to. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And you mentioned Austin, who we had on the show uh, about a month or two ago, right around the time of gambler days. And, and I think what he speaks to is the, the depth of the roster uh, specifically for the Austin gamblers. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you riders one through five and beyond, you know, you, you see five on any given night, but, uh, speak to the depth of the gamblers and how that's allowed you guys to be so successful all season. Yeah. It's interesting. The talent pool in the PDR. I mean, obviously the, the courage of any one of these guys that, that puts their hand in a bull rope and gets on top of a bull is, is, you know, they're a pretty special person, but when you look across the league and, and not only just with our team but across the league you know you've got some really guys that are just the, the superstars of the sport we've got a couple of those obviously with jose vitor leme and dalton castle then you got a little bit of a drop and then you've got another drop that kind of goes to the third tier 
well, it's interesting for us because obviously we got Jose and Dalton, who who the who the analysts have kind of called our pocket aces with our gamblers thing. But then, really for us, you know, we have the ability to have up to twelve guys on our roster. We've only carried eleven just because we felt like that. You know, we didn't really know if there was anybody else out there that fit the mold for us. Um, and you know, just wanted to make sure that whoever was on our roster got enough reps. And so it was difficult this year, quite honestly, because once you get to riders three through eleven there's not a lot of separation amongst those guys. Right. And so it made it difficult each week, but to your point, having that depth, because this sport, like any sport, um, depth is important, but this one more so than others, because you see in sports like the NFL, where if your starting quarterback get hurt, gets hurt, you know what that can do to a team in basketball, if your point guard gets hurt. Well, same thing for us. You know, if we have a situation, we have Jose or Dalton get hurt. Um, not only are we going to need depth, but we're going to need some guys to step into some different roles. And so for us this year, fortunately, we weren't bitten too hard by the injury bug. Um, we had Dalton got stepped on with a couple weeks left in the season. He sat out for a weekend. Um, Jose sat out one, you know, for a couple games. But for the most part, um, yeah, it was really riders, you know, three through 11. That depending on the night, you know, uh, we needed, you know, one or more of them to step up. But, uh, yeah, so depth is depth is key uh, in this sport, probably as much, if not more, so than any other sport. Definitely, yeah, it was cool to, to see the depth on display for the gamblers. And the one thing I learned a little bit more about being a first-time attendee is that not all bowls are created equal. So it's very interesting to see how certain riders fit certain bowls on certain days. And that's something that I'd encourage any sports fan to go see um, for themselves regarding the depth of the roster. But you mentioned it at the top. Let's let's talk about the goat in your back pocket. Uh, when I when I first heard, JJ, I'm, I'm a Boston sports fan originally. When I first heard that Jose Vitor it was getting compared to being the Tom Brady of bull riding. I was immediately intrigued, but I'll have to say he lived up to it at gambler days. What, what, what separates him from the rest of the riders out there? Um, you know, he, he's the total package. Um, you know, he's, he's very cerebral. You know, when you, when you talk about someone like Tom Brady or a Derek Jeter, you know, they're very calculated. They're very meticulous, you know, their entire day, not, not just when they're, they're performing on the field, but, when you watch those guys, and then you, you know, obviously got to follow Tom throughout his career when he was playing, is that, you know, every interview and every docuseries and every podcast, you know, he was very calculated, methodical, um, typically didn't say anything that he didn't mean. Um, days very curated from the moment that they wake up, what they put in their body, the workouts that they do. So Jose, like those guys, is very calculated, very methodical. Um, extremely disciplined um in everything that he does uh you know he's got a competitive nature like a michael jordan just absolutely does not want to lose um and will put everything into it and then he's just remarkably talented you know he's just he's from a bull rider standpoint um you know when you think about the size of bull riders you know you, you can't be too tall or you can't weigh that much uh, just because physics and the nature of it and, and the taller you are, the more you weigh, it's, it's, it makes it a more difficult sport to be successful at. So Jose being around 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, weighing around 140, his perfect size, uh, his body makeup, his strength, uh, the workouts that he does to be able to not only stay strong but not get too big, uh, to stay flexible and nimble. Um, he's really, he's just a complete package. 
and not only, you know, his drive from an individual standpoint, but one of the things that, you know, he's really been trying to prove and the thing that I think he's been most proud about with these regular season championships as we, you know, go to Vegas to try to get the team series postseason championship is that he wants to be seen as a team leader, you know, somebody that can lead a group of men and, and into success like other, you know, guys in team sports. Definitely. You know, he's, he's, he's got an idol of, uh, you know, he grew up playing soccer in Brazil and his idol is, is uh, Ronaldo. And, and so, you know, he's, he's just a different, he's a different cat. And um, he's, you know, we knew, we knew how good he was and how good he was going to be just from a bull rider standpoint. What we didn't really fully anticipate or appreciate uh, was how good of a team leader and a team captain he was going to be. And uh, it's been awesome. He's, he's really like a third, you know, he's like a third coach uh, to have uh, each night when we go out there to, to ride. That's great to hear from a, from a human perspective on top of what he's doing as an athlete too. So, so definitely look for Jose to, to help lead the gamblers to success this upcoming weekend against the PBR team title championship here, all culminating in Las Vegas. And uh, the coaching, which you mentioned, is very important. We had uh, the gamblers coach, Michael Gaffney, the G-man, a world champion in his own right on the show previously. Uh, he was a great conversation and gave us a lot of perspective as to what the ride is like. But tell me a little bit about your relationship as it pertains to, to CEO and coach kind of navigating, uh, you know, the day-to-day for the Austin Gamblers. What's that been like for you guys? Well, it's, it's been great, and it's been a great partnership with he and I um, because, you know, his, his history is not, is not one of running a professional sports franchise. And conversely, my experience in sports, you know, contains no history of, of coaching bulls bull riding and, and, and knowing the techniques or the fundamentals to be successful. So it's really allowed us to kind of stay in our lanes and really concentrate at what we're good at, um, but be fully supportive of each other. Um, you know, for him to be around him, he's, he's just an amazing guy. He's wildly humble. You know, he's a quiet leader. Um, he's been an unbelievable mentor to me. He's been remarkably patient teaching me the sport all the intricacies of the sport from, as you mentioned, all bulls are not created equal. Uh, all bull riders are not created equal. You know, the judging and how that takes place and, and you know, the selection of, of not only when we get our bulls, but what guys we put on there and why. Um, and so that's been, you know, really great to understand that part of it. And then, you know, we work together as we're putting, making roster decisions uh, in terms of, not only um, who we want to draft in the new rider draft each year, who we want to resign from our current roster, potential free agents, trades. You know, there's nothing that, that either of us do in a vacuum. Any decision that we make that is going to be have anything to do with our roster or our riders, um, we make those decisions together. Um, like I said, he's just been an unbelievable partner. Um, he's been a great friend and a great mentor. And it's just, it's awesome because there's, in the 18 months I've been in this business, I've not met one person that does not just have great things to say about him. So to have him be a part of our organization has been awesome. Nice to hear about that partnership. Definitely. It works hand in hand. And I'm curious, I, I knew of team movement and free agency, JJ, but are, are there trades? Are there trade movement going on in the team series in, in its young history? Yeah. So we, you know, fortunately, like I, like we talked about, we we didn't get bit too hard by the injury bug this year, but last year, um, you know, we made two pretty significant trades during the season. Interesting. One, 
one in the middle where we traded, um, we picked up a, a writer by the name of Ramon Delima. He was with the Carolina Cowboys. So we did a trade with him. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't a, for another, another writer. It was actually, we got Ramon and then we gave the Cowboys some draft capital along with some cash. And okay. then at the end of the year, you know, when we were a little bit worried about Jose's health going and, you know, to kind of close out the season and get towards the finals is when we made the, probably the biggest trade, you know, in the two-year history of the PBR uh, with the Kansas City Outlaws where we were able to pick up Dalton Castle, who was their number one draft pick uh, last year in the very first draft. Uh, and, and that was multiple draft picks, a writer, cash, a lot went into that. But, um, you know, it, worked, it was one of those things that worked out for both teams. They actually went on a win streak after they traded him. And then we actually went on a win streak and were able to close out the regular season title too. So that was a great trade for both of us. And as you look to this year, interestingly enough, we finished one, two again. And so uh, we made those two trades last year, no trades this year. We had a big free agent pick up in the off season. We picked up a guy by the name of Adriano Salgado. He was the Missouri Thunder's best writer last year. We were able to pick him up via free agency. So yeah, this, this team sport, although bull riding much different than anything else, all the same mechanics that you see in other sports. Like I talked about, new rider draft each year. Uh, the, the PBR team series is expanding this year, so we're actually going to have an expansion draft uh, in early January before the new rider draft. Uh, and again, then there's free agency trades and, and everything else. I like it. It really personifies the 12-month calendar and it allows for kind of year-round chatter around the sport. So I'm intrigued to follow the roster movement as the seasons progress as well, too. Again, it's JJ Gosh, CEO uh, of the PBR's Austin Gamblers, joining us. Follow him on socials and Austin underscore Gamblers on Instagram as well. Uh, we'll lighten the mood a little bit. You're heading off to Vegas. Our audience is listening to this uh, right in the middle of the week before you get out there. Uh, so when you get to Vegas, JJ, I got to ask, if you got one free hour this week, what are you playing at the casino? Uh, craps. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I grew up, my dad was a, uh, was a tournament craps player. Uh, he taught me and my brothers how to play the game. We had a craps table in our garage growing up. Um, it's just a really fun game to play with when you go with a group of people, um, it, you know, cause it's loud and it's exciting. And when the tables win and everybody gets fired up. So I would say if there's one, one game that I look forward to playing is probably craps. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about the sports betting angle too, because I know you got yourself a big background in baseball right now, as we're talking, we're watching the Astros and the Rangers in the ALCS. I know you got a little bit of a Philadelphia tie and the Phillies are in the NLCS. What are your thoughts on uh, baseball bets here as we got the final four teams squaring off? Well, as someone that lives in Texas and has been a part of the Rangers and the Astros organizations in various forms and fashions with, my background on the minor league side, running the double A and triple A teams in Round Rock and Corpus Christi that had affiliations with both of those teams. Super exciting. Uh, I've got a lot of friends and family that are both Rangers fans and Astros Very cool. fans. So, you know, the great thing is that somebody from the state of Texas is going to be in the World Series. So that's obviously True. exciting. And then, as you mentioned, um, my Phillies clinched last night. Uh, Bryce Harper and that crew are on a tear right now. So, you know, excited about what they're going to be able to do to the Diamondbacks. Uh, I, I really feel good about them advancing to the World Series. Um, and, as, and as great of a story as I think the Rangers could be this year and as great as their hitting is, uh, I just think at the end of the day, the experience that the Astros have in the postseason 
is probably going to push them forward and we're probably going to have a repeat in the World Series uh, with Phillies Astros again. Yeah, uh, we'll see if that does come to fruition. I think that's probably where the where the money sits right now, but it'll be interesting to follow the rest of uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, so you're heading up to Vegas. Uh, curious, I know you've probably been there before, obviously with team competition, but uh, any go-to restaurant or bar that you're going to be hitting when you get up to the Strip? Well, this trip's going to be special for a couple of reasons. One, not only because it is the, the Team Series Championship, but it's also going to be my wife and I's anniversary. Oh, congrats. While this is going on, and we're actually on the Wednesday before competition starts, we're going to go to the new Sphere and catch the U2 residency. Oh, so, wow. I've heard a lot about that venue. I've seen some amazing videos. I think you're in for a treat. Yeah, so we're big U2 fans. We've seen them at numerous venues um haven't seen them in in, in in a little bit so we're excited to, to see them again and, and like you have heard nothing but amazing things uh about that venue um in terms of my kind of go-to restaurant that probably is you know a little bit off the the strip and there's a place called lotus of siam um and so if if, if you're a, a fan of, of, of any asian inspired food uh lotus of siam is my go-to noted We'll add it to the list for sure. JJ, thanks again for hopping on the course of life. Really appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully we're bringing that title back to Austin and we'll celebrate accordingly. Best of luck to the gamblers this week as well, too. Alex, thanks so much. We'll see you, bud. And we're back. Great chat there with JJ. How jealous are we, Alex, that he is going to go to the Sphere to start off his week in in, uh, in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, that really hit hard for me. I've been seeing every <laughs> video in the world of shows at the Sphere. And by the way, shout out to you 2 I was thinking about this in my head. Remember how U2 found a way to be the only band that threw their entire album on everyone's phone in the world? Remember that? Yep. Yep. Now they're like the only band ever to play the sphere. It feels like I haven't seen anybody else play the sphere except you two. The residency continues, but I'm very jealous that JJ is going to get to go to that show to start off the Vegas week. That looks like an amazing scene. I don't know if I'm ever really going to get to a concert there. I hear they just do like a general show for like 50 bucks where you can just see the wonder of it in about a half an hour. Uh, so mm-hmm. I might do something like that, but the sphere definitely on my list for the next Vegas trip. You need to play on that course that now has the sphere staring at you on, on a couple holes. <laughs> That's right there. Yeah, it's like um, four or five hundred bucks for 18 holes on that wind course. Can you believe that? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Yeah. Hey, but now you get to stare at the sphere for almost your entire round. So, you know, <laughs> there are some funny. There's one tee shot that I've seen on social media where the sphere is directly behind the green, just staring yeah. at you as you have driver out on a par four. So it's just like, it's like, where do I aim? Well, right side of the fairway is like his left eyebrow when he's winking <laughs> yeah. at you. And yeah. then, you know, you can hit the corner of his mouth if you just want to hit it by the bunker over there. Uh, so, Great. yeah, very some very interesting sights, needless to say, for golfers uh, playing at the Wynn Golf Course due to the sphere now. All right. If you uh, like that conversation with JJ, uh, make sure you punch that subscribe button, by the way. Yes. It's uh, somewhere on your podcast app. If you're driving right now, that's perfectly fine. Uh, when you're parked at your destination, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Don't get out of your car until you do that. We're not. Like, we're desperate for followers and attention, but we're not that desperate. We don't want to risk anyone's life along the way. I want you to keep following. I don't want you to follow, but then shortly after, not be able to follow anymore. Uh, well said. Yeah, that's so, well said. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram and threads. See well podcast is the official account. Course of life. Alex is him. I'm M W R I N C. We're on Twitter slash X course of life one and M W R I N C course. We're on YouTube course of life podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, all those places. And if you want to see pictures of food and who doesn't, it's uh, always end with food on Instagram where you can see great pictures of food that we post yes, there as well. Let's uh, talk college football. It was week seven, and your picks, Alex, are still. I mean, you had a good week last week, but we're back in. We're back in the shitter. Yeah, back to the mediocrity again after winning week four and six. I missed like three games that didn't cover by like a point or two, and uh, but the highlight definitely was the Oregon Washington game. Shout out to Washington. That's right, Washington. Mike putting themselves yeah. in the college football playoff conversation after after beating Oregon at home. Very impressive stuff. Yeah, the Pac-12. Are they going to go out in style? <laughs> yeah, what a way to finish, right? I said de- depth before death. That's my slogan yeah. for for the Pac-12 yeah. this year. Um, USC got their first loss, but nonetheless, that's a deep conference. Uh, my Longhorns coming off that rough Oklahoma loss. They had the bye. Now they go to play Houston, who won on a Hail Mary last week. I, I like their chances there, but overall, I, I got to find more winners. That's the name of the game. Uh, you can check out my preview on runyourpool.com uh, for my weekly picks, uh, but follow along on Twitter and threads, Course Life One, Course Life Alex, uh, for the Saturday morning card, and, and hopefully we can get back to the winning ways. Uh, on the NFL side, our favorite teams are not winning in any way, shape, or form. Let's talk about my Giants, who had a chance at the last second to win the game uh, with the backup quarterback under center because uh, yep. Jones was out with his neck injury. And, uh, hey, they lost. So what do you know? Tyrod Taylor almost got it done, man. Yeah. It, was, it, it, looked, it looked good for a bit because you got off to a nice – it was one of those nice, decently slow games where it was low scoring to start and the underdog stands a chance in that moment uh mm-hmm. but the bills eventually broke through when they needed to, to get the scores to win and and th- that's the agony i'm starting to learn of the agony of watching bad teams or your team be bad is that they can find new ways to lose that mm-hmm. just rip your heart out in 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 a seemingly different direction each week it, that, that's that's the know, amazing part of having a bad nfl team alex i want to i want to welcome you brother to having yeah. a shitty a shitty team in the NFL. <laughs> how how do how does everyone out there do this where their their team just loses? Look, we, I, we, this is un. How do you do that? How do we, you get through Sundays? Let me, let me tell you how we do it. So during the majority of the season, and for most seasons overall during our lives, um, we um, throw things at the television and lament the horribleness that is our football team. Okay, but then every rage. once in a while, every once in a while from a blue moon, our team just clicks and things start working and you beat the Patriots twice in two different Super Bowls and stop Tom Brady and everything feels great and right in the world. And then you go back to being shit. So as a Giants fan, at least that's what it's like for you. Patriot fans who don't know what it's like to lose. Now it's time to lose. <laughs> yeah, we're the we're basically the only child. And, I'm, and this is speaking from real facts. The we're basically the only child that's had all their toys taken away right in the middle of their childhood. They, mm-hmm. They've never had yep. to fight for anything before. You know, we all we've done well, is win with the I greatest football player ever. And, I don't, and I don't, now we just I, lose all the time. 
I don't know if you've had your toys taken away. I think you've grown up and now you're in school and you're realizing that the world is a cruel place and like yeah. your parents didn't prepare you for the world in the right way. That Yeah, and, there's a bigger theme you know, here, yeah. really. It's about my, <laughs> my lack of success in life as it pertains to the Patriots. They really, I was just riding their coattails from age, you know, 13 to 33. And then, you know, I had to get off the carpet ride, I guess. And now yeah. Sundays are very normally losing, as the Patriots did yet again in Vegas. Um, things like, is it time to tank? Um, do I want the Patriots to keep losing to get a higher draft pick? These are things I have, I have not said since the 1990s. Um, when I was barely a boy, and uh, here we are do having those conversations high, again. What are you going to do with a higher draft pick? Are you going to get another quarterback? Yeah, we'll mess. We'll we'll probably. My thing is, I don't think Bill Belichick's going to mess up again at quarterbacks. I think we're just going to get some veteran who's just past his prime as a free agent for a quarterback next season. I don't think we're going to go back to the well and draft one at, at a high pick. But I'm going to I'm going to play around with the idea for the next six or seven months since that's what you do when you have a bad team. You don't you don't get excited about Sundays. You watch on Saturdays to see who might be on your team next year because your team stinks this year. I'm, I'm starting to get that rhythm now. Okay. Well, well, welcome to the future. It's great. It really is. It's tough. Let's uh, hashtag always end with food. Yep. Food segment to end every course of life podcast. Always end with food on Instagram. We talked about it last week. I'll start with the Thanksgiving theme reveal. The people spoke. I put the poll out on Instagram. It's going to be the football foods Thanksgiving this year, Mike. We're doing the turkey legs, the pizza, the snacks. What a what a charcuterie dips. What what what, what would you expect to see if you were going to go to a football themed Thanksgiving spread? Well, I you know, like I said last uh, last week, turkey legs, smoked turkey legs. Yeah. Okay. Um, I expect to see ice cream sundays and helmets. Oh wow! Thank you. Yeah. That's a gold dessert right there. <laughs> that is gold, Jerry. Gold. Uh, chips and salsa, or you know, guac if you're into that. Fair enough. Um, and. Um, yeah, maybe even uh, you could do like pigs and blankets or something, you know, like that, or or little little smokies or something. You there know, oh, I like it. The menu is coming together. We're gonna have a fun guest in a couple uh, weeks, and Brandy Malloy, who's been on the show, and we're gonna ask her for her advice as well too. So that's the official reveal. Is we're going with the football foods for Thanksgiving. So uh, let the let the planning begin. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to your your first of two fried yeah. things we need to address, and always end with food as well. Well, uh, so I've been um, uh, messing around in the bakery, and uh, we're we're working on a on a on a on a donut. Mm, intriguing, and uh, okay. it's as spectacular as you think it would be. Because why wouldn't it be? Uh, we still got some kinks to work out, some some of the proof and rise to work out on it. But um, damn, it's it's good. Let me tell you, fried dough is fantastic. Yeah, it's hard hard to beat a good fried donut, man. It just hits appropriately. I mean, what what's the bit? I mean, obviously you're just you're you're just making what 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 are you making? What people would call a plain or a Dunkin' Donuts old fashioned donut, and and and, and going off from there, or what are you what are you currently doing flavor wise? Uh, I mean, right now it's just a plain donut, and we're just throwing whatever glazes we have uh, on hand on top of it just to to taste it, um, and it's. Uh, then the donut holes were just tossing in cinnamon sugar, and those those are like crack cocaine. So yeah. that's really are, all you need to do, honestly. Just and let me the, tell you, a freshly fried donut is so good. It's just so good. <laughs> a fried donut with cinnamon and sugar appropriately lathered on it 
just in terms of just simplicity, that's just like maybe the the greatest dessert known to man. That I would mm. that that's going to rank very high on a lot of people's lists if I just describe it as just that, just a fried donut with cinnamon and sugar. It, that that mm-hmm. wins in a lot of circles. It's true. It's true. It's fantastic. One other random fry thing I came across, my favorite burger yeah. place, Mighty Fine in Austin, Texas. Okay? Burger place. They do a country fried burger. I got it for the first time. I've seen it on the menu for for years. I was feeling a little little randy and wanted to do something wild. So I got the country fried burger. Essentially, they basically just take the burger patty and they just give it the same treatment and breading that they would give to their fried chicken sandwich, which they also serve. Comes with all the usual burger condiments. It was delightful. A little heavier than you would imagine in terms of a typical burger experience. But I'm all in on the fried burger. Have you have you seen anything like that before? No, but I thought what I read this in the notes as a fried burger that it was yeah. going to be a burger bun and all and toppings that then is dipped and fried. Fully encased is what you were, Fully you were looking encased. at. That's what I was expecting you to tell me. Yeah. Instead, you're giving me a country fried, you know, a chicken fried burger patty. Exactly. On a burger. And that really doesn't interest me (laughs) yeah i mean again it took me a few years to get there so it didn't really interest me at first but i I was i was feeling something uh vivacious and i went for it i think it's one of those things you just mix it in maybe one out of ten visits but i I would stick with the regular burger there they do a great job with the classic as is but an interesting fried experience there as well to a country fried burger it was definitely a first for me yeah, that's that's a new one. <laughs> Indeed. All right, that was Always End With Food, putting a wrap on this week's Course of Life podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Austin Gamblers this weekend and their PBR finals. Follow us along on socials and YouTube. The video drops by Friday. We'll see you next week for another Course of Life.